Chris Grovich back with another Black Shoe Diaries podcast. Today we'll talk with Clef from Roll Bama Roll about this weekend's Alabama game. And then we'll bring Kevin in at the end to talk about the Indiana State game and also look ahead to Alabama this Saturday at Beaver Stadium. So uh, let's talk to Clef. here with the Black Shoe Diaries podcast. It's Alabama week, and uh, we brought in a very special guest from Roll Bama Roll, another SB Nation uh, colleague of ours, Clef. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How are y'all? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, you guys played Kent State. Over the Kent weekend. State. Kent State. Golden Flashes. Kent State to Penn State. We, uh, we actually played them last year, and it was kind of a similar game. That yes. They, uh, I, they, they essentially I, loaded up this line of scrimmage on us. And uh, dared us to throw the ball. And, and said, that's pretty much what happened to us. Yeah, and I saw Trent Richardson only had, what, 37 yards and three touchdowns, but 37 yards. And I know there are a lot of carries going to other guys, but why so low of a total for him? Oh, for – well, you have to realize, I mean, to kind of step back, is, is if you look at, at the, the Kent State game as kind of a barometer of where the Alabama uh, team is at, that's a bit of a canard. Um, Alabama, because, and and I'm assuming I'm going to jump the gun on one of your next questions with the, the quarterback controversy or having the two quarterbacks, one of the things that's been pretty clear with this, uh, fall practice is, uh, Nick Saban's played very, very close to his vest. There were several scrimmages that they released almost no information out of. And he's been very plain that, uh, there is a competition, uh, a very real competition uh, for many of these positions, not just quarterback, uh, also with the offensive line. And so what we saw at Kent State was a situation where a lot of different people in a lot of different configurations were on the field at different times. Um, and so you have a very consistent and, and relatively robust uh uh, defense coming at you with it, you know, as as Kent State did uh, to us, as they did to y'all, you know, that's going to cause a problem when you're throwing in different people at different times. Um, there was uh, obviously there's also a concern of injury, then so you're you're playing some of these guys like Richardson last year in the opening. He uh, Courtney Upshaw, the linebacker, had a high ankle sprain that he suffered uh, against San Jose State, and it really nagged him the whole season. So there was also a bit of you know conserving guys and not having them do too much unless it was absolutely necessary. Like I said to you before we started the call, when I went down the list of sort of the deficiencies and the strengths of each team, Penn State and Alabama, a lot of them are kind of similar. There's a uncertain quarterback situation, similarly uh, uncertain situation on the offensive line with a lot of guys going in. And now Penn State actually did pretty much the same exact thing with shuffling in a lot of, uh, especially guys at guard. Right. And so when you look at those offensive line numbers or like uh, your quarterback, it, you're going to be affected with that. And so it's it's even harder to get a barometer on your quarterback battle. Well, that's true, too. Um, is there any sense that McCarron um, sort of took the lead? And, and I know that I, there seems to be a consensus about that through the fan base a little bit. But um, in terms of the signals coming out from Saban and the coaching staff, is there any sense that McCarron's going to get more snaps than Philip Sims, or is this going to remain sort of an even thing? 
Well, you have to understand that what's come out of Nick Saban has been consistent and minimal. And the whole time he's been saying that it's an open competition and that he's looking at them both and they both have done really well. And, you know, in some ways, it you know, it might be right to look at the Kent State game as kind of the real final scrimmage of the, the fall rather than the first game on uh, of the season, which we're assume, I assume we'll see more of uh, with more of what's really going on when we when we face you guys. Um, as for, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's pretty clear. A.J. McCarron had a much better day than Sims did. He looked more poised, but he's got more experience on the field. He's been in the game day situation. Phillips Sims is not. Um, McCarron was a backup for McElroy for last year, got a number of different reps at different games, and came in at the end of the Auburn game when, um, when McElroy got knocked out with uh, the concussion. So it's hard to say. You know, Philip Sims had a little bit more of that. Would he be better than A.J. McCarron? Who knows? I mean, but the coaching staff probably does. So, but they're not going to say it. And they, they, you know, he didn't, they didn't make, let either Sims or McCarron become available for interviews after the game. And Saban's been consistent saying the same thing he's, he's said for the last six weeks. So it, it's in that respect I, – it's actually a plus because he's, you know, they're clearly reducing the amount of external static these guys have to deal with as they're battling for it, and it's very clearly keeping the battle viable. So both guys are are still challenging each other. So for whoever does win is probably going to be at their best, and that's a lot different than what Penn State's dealing with, where you've, you know, you had something similar to this last year. Now you've had, you know, obviously one of the the players is a little bit disenchanted. Um, and you know you, you could hear some of the frustration in the comments that came later. That's that's more of the classic you know uh, quarterback controversy. Uh, I don't know if I could you know it's a five alarmer yet, but that's that's not at all what what Alabama is dealing with 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 the McCarron and Sims. Minimal information coming out of a football program. I I, I thought we were the only ones. No, Saban is very, you know, he's, I, I've worked for, uh, in, as a newspaper journalist for many years and, and covered a lot of law enforcement agencies and things like that. They'd be impressed by <laughs> how much Saban keeps control of it. And, and the journalist in me, you know, just feels horrible. But then, you know, the Alabama fan in me loves it because sure. he's, uh, everything goes through him and he, he makes sure he, he dictates the message and there's not a lot of deviation from that. Um, on the other hand, you know, as a blogger, I love it because it means I'm getting just as good as anybody else. So that's true. Um, well, there was a, an issue with ball security against Kent State. There were four interceptions, uh, one fumble loss, but I, I understand there are at least uh, three or four others hitting the ground. What was the issue uh, generally with the quarterbacks and with uh, anyone else who was uh, putting the ball on the ground? One of the things that over the last several years that we constantly have the the Cassandras uh, moaning about is that our unbelievably high uh, turnover margin is going to plummet to earth. Um, And so we looked at this at Roll and Roll over the offseason in more detail, and we found that one of the reasons that the turnover margin remains so high and consistently high under Saban is that, uh, first of all, Greg McElroy did not throw interceptions. He threw a just he he is actually the most efficient quarterback to ever play for Alabama. Um, so you got few interceptions, and uh, Mark Ingram never turned over the ball. The dude made two lost two fumbles his entire time at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now they were enormous 
uh, one was in the Auburn game last year, and then the Tennessee game that set up the the, the block kick at the very at time expired. But that was it. Um, Trent Richardson, by contrast, you know, has zero ball control. But you compare him to anybody else, they, it's a very they're very consistent in not allowing uh, fumbles. So you add to that a secondary that's one of the best in the country. That you know, constantly we have the you know last year. Uh, Robert Lester was like one of the top two guys in the country in, in interceptions. And the year before that, Mark Barron was number one. Um, your turnover margin is going to be extremely high. Last year, though, we were really bad at recovering fumbles. So we actually expect to have better fumble luck if you would you believe it. So, But in talking about the Kent State game, uh, so first of all, we kind of expect that whoever gets the quarterback job is probably going to throw more picks simply because Greg Markor was so incredibly good. And we probably expect whoever ends up being the running back is going to have a few more fumbles because Mark Ingram was so incredibly good. I don't think um, that that's what was going on in the Kent State game uh, because one of the reasons we saw the interceptions was there were drops by receivers who were having – that's a timing thing, and that's going to happen when you've got a quarterback battle because you're sharing reps in practice between two guys. The type of timing that you want on routes and that precision isn't there. Uh, and we had the offensive line problem because we're switching so many people out. And, you know, the, the worst interception was with Sims uh, when he got under pressure because the, the, the pocket had collapsed on him. So, do we expect to have that many in the future? Probably not, but we're probably going to see more than we did over the last couple of years. And finally, uh, you can't read an Alabama article without somebody referring to them as the nation's best defense. And, and certainly you look at the linebackers and the safeties you mentioned, it, it's hard to argue with that. How does an offense, not just Penn State, but really any offense, attack that defense and, and at least try to get a few first downs and get some points on the board? Well, the Nick Saban uh, reaction to that is, who's saying this? Because <laughs> r- r- right now, if you look at the numbers, yeah, we are. But you know, we played Kent State. Um, right. Right. I mean, come on. Um, they were and, they were equally putrid against us last year, and Penn State's defense was probably the worst defense they've had last year since that giant losing era in the early two thousands. Right, and if you look at the, the the quality of the talent, I mean, yes, obviously the potential's there. And if you look in the size, it's there. But, you know, in, the, in those two respects, Penn State's right up there in the top five with, with Alabama as well. So in terms of, of you know, what's happened in the past, it, that's not going to matter a lot going forward. If we see the same type of team that we've seen out of Alabama uh, the last couple of years, you know, the teams that have had success have been able to to, to – you know, they stop the run on the offense and and get the team off the field and then wear the, the, the defense down. Uh, the defensive line last year, we had the same problem you were expressing to me uh, about Penn State with, with um, ta- you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. We had very few tackles for loss and sacks, and that gave more opportunities down the field. It's hard to pass on us. The secondary is one of the best in the country. We have very fast and very efficient linebackers. But if you start to play the game of attrition and keep them on the field, eventually the breaks are going to come and, and happen. One of the reasons, though, that we're considered so difficult, and it probably is an asset, is last year the secondary was extremely green. They're not going to have those same type of breakdowns this year because they've 
made them. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's beatable at, at any given time. That's Clef, ladies and gentlemen, from RollBamaRoll.com. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, not too much luck on Saturday, but the, let's hope for some nice, uh, gentle, friendly trolling between the blogs the, during the week. Nothing, nothing too horrible. And um, good luck to you on well, Saturday, and good luck the rest of the year. I appreciate it a great deal. I will say one thing I have added. Uh, I've been working on the history of the Penn State and Alabama uh, rivalry, as it were. And the best rivalries are always defined by great teams going at it and very hard-fought games. And, and it, that's what I'm hoping we're all expecting to see on Saturday. I know. I, I'm uh, right there with you. I remember the Alabama series. Uh, as a child, I'm 36. Uh, some of those were just the, the greatest games. I'm still hurting from the uh, the blocked field goal at Beaver Stadium uh, well, when y'all choked away my, our, our attempt at the national championship in 1986, <laughs> that was my indoctrination of Penn State. So I, I know exactly how you feel. Well, hopefully they can get this back on the schedule sometime soon. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. No problem at all. Kevin back in now um, talking about the Penn State game against Indiana State uh, this past weekend and then looking forward to the big game against Alabama. Um, you watched it. What did you see from the quarterbacks? We we got exactly what what we were told we were getting, which was you know two starters that were indistinguishable. I, I think you know just there's been obviously we've all we've all talked about this a lot, but to me. My favorite part about kind of looking at the quarterbacks was was hopefully the idea that the quarterback doesn't matter so much in this offense. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that's you know I I'm, I wasn't comforted by either one's play, but um, I'm not entirely sure. Neither one has the the capacity to to be Daryl Clark or you know a Robinson type leader, but but they both have the capacity to hand the ball off, throw the short stuff. Um, I'm not discouraged, which is actually I'm, I'm a little surprised. So, uh, in myself, by being not discouraged, you're, you're slightly encouraged. I'm I'm slightly I'm in, I'm encouraged by by how small a role the quarterback should be able to play in this offense. That's and true. you know, I, I'm not expecting a national championship out of this team, so I guess I'm I'm looking at it in a certain context. But am, am I off base here? Is this all going to become just crumbling? legs breaking against Alabama because these guys can't get out of the pocket and, and can't throw the deep ball. Um, the always evil David Jones, according to the uh, vast majority of the Penn state fan base, uh, made a good point saying that because of the offensive line, we're going to see both of these quarterbacks at some point anyway. And yeah. And no, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say they, they didn't look bad on, on run blocking. Though. No, they didn't. I have no idea why a quarterback is getting hit against Indiana State. And it seemed uh, somebody over 24-7 um, tallied up the uh, the plays like I did and came to the conclusion that I think there were 13 pass breakdowns, which sucks because they threw like 25 passes. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and it was, <laughs> they, were, they were pass breakdowns like 
as soon as the ball hit the quarterback's hand. <laughs> this isn't them sitting in the pocket waiting for the play to develop. Right. Uh, it wasn't like Rob Bolden was on his fourth read and it's like, oh, he ran out of time. It's a coverage sack. Like, no. The the, the play that McGloin threw to the uh, defensive end, which just, oh, God. Um, you would hope that he would have outgrown that over the summer and over the winter. And... I, I don't know what he was thinking at all. And on that play, Deontay Pinnell, who, you know, is not new to this game. He's been in and out of the starting lineup for three years now. Utterly blown up on a bull rush by a guy probably 30 pounds or 40 pounds lighter than him. A good player on that FCS level, but should not happen. And when McGloin threw that ball in right directly into the linebacker's hands, like just oh, like that—that's the thing that if he wants to play, I, I don't see how the coaches can continue to give him equal time if that's what he's going to do with it. Because it, if, if he's going to be you know Mr. Moxie, it's you know quarterbacks like that rely on smart decisions, safe throws. You know, we're talking uh, the typical game manager, and and that's just unbelievable that that he even attempted that. Beecham was on the ground when he tried to throw that pass, and he and McGloin was going down. He should, you know, twenty eight point lead, go down, take second and twenty, be done with it. And I, I that should be the flashing sign to the coaching staff, like, hey, you know, enough. We we can't. This offense isn't good enough for quarterbacks to make that kind of throw. Yeah, you know, my only has, like, that was by far the worst play of the whole game. But I wonder, and this didn't occur to me when I was raging about the should have been interception, but it did after. And when you have this kind of competition, I wonder if they feel compelled, because time is so short for them, if they feel compelled to absolutely make the most out of every play. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, so if you're if you're managing the game... You know, you know it's your game to manage, but if 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 you know you're only going to get seven passes, and this is one of them, and you have to take a sack. Um, that being said, I it, I don't well, get the it, feeling that he was forcing it because it, it felt unnatural to him, and he felt compelled to. I I did get the feeling that his natural instinct was to throw that ball to the defensive end. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, there's Bolden threw a lot of very deep patterns to start the game as well. Um, that could have something to do with wanting to put on a show as well. Those two passes were just about perfect. The first one to Derek Moy, uh, the defensive back made a very nice play at the, at the last minute. You would hope your six foot five receiver would be able to go up and get that. Regardless, the ball was there. And the throw down the seam to Justin Brown, granted, kind of in a double coverage, and there was a tight end leaking out towards the right side that was an easier throw probably. But still, very, very good pass. He makes those two passes... We're not having the quarterback debate, you know. If those are t- if those are touchdowns, if McGloin's pass gets you know run back for a touchdown, we're probably not having the quarterback debate. I would hope that the coaches and it's not. I, I hate to sound like I'm totally anti-McGloin because he makes a lot of nice throws. He really does. He makes some quick decisions, and there was a corner blitz down by the goal line where he, he got the ball out to Derek Moy very very quickly at about the. Uh, the ball's on the eight-yard line, and Moy got like to the pylon, just out, just out of bounds. I don't know if Bolton sees that, and and goes goes to the hot route on that. But at some point, 
they have to leave Bolden out there for an extended period of time and let him sink or swim. And if if there's a game where McGlo- where Bolden is just terrible, I am perfectly happy with them pulling him and, and putting McGloin in. I think McGloin's a great change of pace guy. I think he can come in and be effective for a half. I think his game gets a little old against a good defense for an entire game. And we saw and that's that, we, we, we saw that against Ohio State last year. And we saw yeah, that against I almost, Florida. I almost stole your th- stole your thunder. That's exactly what happened against Ohio State. He, you know, my my only hesitation just to just to counterpoint this, and maybe this is this is the segue to to Alabama, but I I still like McGloin doing the short stuff. I, he still yeah. seems a little more comfortable doing. You know, he threw some very good outs. He he looks totally comfortable. You know, throwing the screen where you know Bolden Bolden did a good job too, but he he sits there. He you know he he's very calm. Um, but it's only going to take one or two of those kind of forced screenplays to ruin a game like Alabama. So I, I do wonder what it depends on what the game plan is. I, I guess is if I'm the coaches here, so they can they can either they can either go with Bolden now and just get him the experience, or you know I think the game plan for us should be run often, you know, throw the short stuff to keep the defense honest. I don't know if we need the long ball, which Bolden, you know, he did a good job with it, but. I, I guess that's that's kind of where I'm torn. McGloin still feels like the win now guy to me. I think they're going to have to pass against Alabama to to set up the run almost because it's not it's not going to be a secret what Penn State's going to try to do or at least what they're you know supposed to try to do. I, and, and I think they did a good job of this last year against Alabama. They threw a lot on first down, um, even with Bolden playing a road game, his very first road game at Alabama, which is insane. Um, I think they did a good job of that last year as well, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this. <laughs> I don't think. And I've that's been, the frustrating I part. Yeah, right? I don't think I've been this uncertain about a game because at least it's you know it's not like Alabama. You know, I mean, they destroyed Kent State on the scoreboard, but they had four interceptions, uh, two by each quarterback. I mean, they have just as big of a problem at quarterback as we do, and apparently not that much better on the offensive line. So, I mean, that gives me hope. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this is going to go. And I, and I don't even know if picking one guy, and, and there are a lot of a lot of Penn State fans, are, just pick a guy already. And, and I get that, just to sort of settle a question in, in that sense. But I, I don't even know if that's the right, the right course. Yeah, I... And you know, I I don't know anyone who's been arguing either side of this and and not shown signs of really not knowing what the hell they wanted. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I, I feel like we're supposed to be saying like, well, this is what they should do, but who, who the hell knows at this point? It's yeah, not, and it's I, not like these guys are that you know, they like you said they're they're pretty much indistinguishable. Yeah, you you would like some continuity, but you know my. I, I do think that there needs to be some sort of commitment or at least some, some guidelines. You know, if it's McGloin, I, I had mentioned this on Sunday. If it's McGloin, he can be the guy until he farves a pass, and then mm-hmm. he's no longer the guy. If it's Bolden, you know, I, I don't know what – that was the problem with Bolden last year. I, I thought pulling him the first time he was pulled Right, what's the criteria the for right taking call. him out? I, I don't know, but I, I it was, a, it was kind of a, a subjective thing. They were – he wasn't moving in the pocket well. They were blitzing in a way that, you know, he wasn't picking up. Um, but, you know, is that – but then you put the other guy in. When are they going to not – it's it's very tricky. And I 
I also feel, you know, Bolden should have the mindset that, you know, he, he thought he was given an unfair shake, yet, you know, he seems to be getting one here. And and it's still very tricky, I think, to figure out which one is the, is the right quarterback. Uh, defensively from Penn State, what did you like? I guess everything. Like, I liked I mean, everything. Yeah, I liked. I, mean, what, I liked not, the pressure. Like, like you know, there was, there was the what the really big improvement was the secondary to me. So not only were they playing good, you know, and I, I know that Indiana State does not have any wide receivers that are going to the NFL, but you know they were on the ball. The, the safety seemed to play well. I think there were there's one or two lapses that that are now fuzzy to me because of the way that the game those games like you know you don't know who's in and who's not i thought astorino played a very good game not only with that interception but also sort of diving over the shoulder of the receiver and breaking up passes i, I think oh, that, he played very well that was great and you know we got a glimpse of famous amos yeah which was he you know he he did he he was the guy who who got beat at the end for the touchdown but i thought just in terms of of football sense he he looked great um and, you know, there were screen passes that the secondary came right up on and, and closed, you know, mm-hmm. closed open space. And I, to me, you know, even the problem with the, with the offense last year was that the defense was so frustratingly, you know, and, and uncharacteristically bad. This right. year I can handle a bad offense if I know we're getting kind of the, the defense we're used to. Yeah, and, and as long as that defense isn't hung out to dry playing, you know, 40 minutes. I think they'll be in good shape. I don't know that that's necessarily enough to beat Alabama. Um, I Which do, might be okay. Yeah, I do like them to cover, if that's helpful. Yeah, I, I 11, would. Is it 11? I haven't, uh, I haven't seen since. It's, came, roughly, it's roughly 11, give or, take a, give or take a hook. 11 seems crazy. So that's, that's two touchdowns on a neutral field. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this. You have this ranking disparity, which might be playing into that. I'm not sure Alabama really has proven that they should be where they are, and yeah, Penn not, State is in that kind of. Everyone from 10 to 40 is kind a guess. of team right now. Yeah, that's a guess. Um, my largest remaining complaint: the kicking game. We cannot have kickoffs going to the 15-yard line. Yeah, that was and and that was having, having a converted wide receiver as the place kicker seems like uh, a bad idea. I don't think he was as bad as he's really getting credit for, if credit's the right word there. <laughs> but um, that seems like it's going to be a problem all year long. And even Anthony Farah, you know, people are saying, "Oh, we need him back," and and we do, especially for kickoffs, but. How many field goals has he even even attempted in his career? Yeah, he's he's not seasoned, you know, senior Kevin Kelly that's no. waiting in the in the doghouse. So, so you're right. It's that's a concern that's not going away. I don't think. No, fortunately, which no. is tough because if we're if we're going to play this game like you and I have just been talking about, where defense plays well, the offense tries to manage. Um, you need those kickers. You don't. You're not winning. You know, at Ohio State without a kicker. Mm-mm. Period. No. No, that's that's always <laughs> that's always the uh, addition by three game of the year it seems. Um, right. Uh, so, what do you think this weekend? I I feel better than I did before before you know last Saturday's game. I, I think Alabama is you know I, I don't care what they say about their quarterback competition. It's it's unsettled and 
both of them through two interceptions, and I don't care how many line changes you had. I, I understand that it's a little different, but, um, you know, it's, it's the same kind of issue we're having. It's, it's great to, you know, shuffle the offensive line in the first game and shuffle the quarterbacks around. But what are you doing in the second game? You know, if you, if you had the answer, you weren't doing that in the first game. So I like the uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. I like that our running game will probably be, um, you know, the focus and, you know, I, we're going to have to run the ball to win, which is the most obnoxious thing. I should be on ESPN right now saying something like that, but <laughs> I well, you have to establish the running game. You have to establish the running game. This this <laughs> this football stuff has not changed over the last sixty years. Yeah, I'm going to true. tell you, that's true. But I I don't I don't I'm still not going to pick Penn State. But I I like where we're headed, and you know we talked about last week with the with the kind of softer schedule that ramps up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some optimism, even if we lose. I can at least see a path to victory. And the uh, the turnovers by Alabama's quarterbacks, both of them, and if they're still playing, I play both of them great. Um, regardless, they both threw two, two interceptions against Kent State, who has a good defense, but it's Kent State. You know, it, we're, we're talking about a, a mid-level MAC team here. We saw them last year. They're not good. No, we were concerned last year, and, and we had a right to be concerned last year because of the yeah, way. Well, that's the thing. Like Penn State was very, very bad running the ball against Kent State last year, and it turned out to be a problem the whole year long. Alabama was very bad. Well, I don't know if they're very bad, but, I mean, if you're talking about Trent Richardson only getting 37 yards on 12 or 13 carries, that's that's a red flag. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I don't think you should be able to stack against the number one or number two team in the country if you're a Mac school. I don't <laughs> think stacking is the no. – shouldn't be able to do that. No, no. Um, and if you do, the quarterback shouldn't be throwing four interceptions. And if if ball security is an issue for these guys, you know, a few turnovers, get the stadium going, get the confidence going on Penn State sideline, I can see how this turns out well. I, I'm not – prepared to pull the trigger on it quite yet either because Penn State just has so many questions, but, you know, so does Alabama at this point. It's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be low scoring, and it could come down to the kicking game, and Alabama's kickers, you know, not much uh, not much better than, than our situation, and their quarterbacks are not much better than our situation, if at all. Um, you figure they've recruited well, um, nominally at least, you know, according to rankings, so their offensive line, despite its shakiness, should be good, if not better than ours. I don't know. It, it's it's going to be very, very interesting. And I, I just hope that whoever the Penn State quarterback is, whether it's Bolden locking on a receiver and, and getting picked off by those safeties, or McGloin just doing whatever it is that he does three times a game, getting picked off by those safeties. <laughs> and. <laughs> Being smart with the ball is going to be the paramount thing. Punting is punting is winning. Punting is winning. Punting is winning in this game. It's not a joke. It, it's it, so... it, not not this weekend. It's not. Punting is winning, and um, for that reason, I think Bolden is the quarterback for the job. But we'll see. It, it's going to be very very interesting. So let me ask you this though: the yeah. Temple Temple through Illinois, so basically the ramp through the the Big Three at the end. How good are you feeling about this? I know you, you had some hesitation last week. Um, let me take a look at it real quick. Thank you. Th- thankfully, uh, some brilliant man named me has put the schedule on the front page of the of the website. 
Um, I mean, Temple certainly looked awesome against Villanova, and Villanova's a, a high-end team for that for that division. Although they've apparently lost a lot of guys. Um, I mean, Temple, Eastern Michigan, Indiana, those are all wins, unless Temple shocks the world. Iowa, you know, I guess they look good in their game in, in, in the monsoon, but who knows about them. I'm I'm not discouraged. I mean, we have to beat them eventually. Um, Purdue struggled with Middle Tennessee State, came back at the very end. Northwestern's interesting. They, they probably had the best win of the weekend uh, in terms of uh, Big Ten teams. Illinois, Comfortable too, even yeah. you know, even for them. Illinois, I mean, they they sort of caught us on, on the perfect day last year in a lot of ways. Um, combine that with with really terrible tackling and, and really terrible injuries, and and Bolden played awful that day as well. If there, if ever there was a game he needed to be pulled from, it was that one. Um, and then you know, Nebraska. I mean, I can I can see I can see eight and one going to those last three games. It's not like it's not like it's the most impossible task in the world. We're talking about essentially beating Iowa and Northwestern and Illinois. But I think Penn State will be favored in all those games. Not that that is, is any sort of lock on, on a result, but certainly Vegas will be on our side for those games. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm more comfortable now than I was then. Um, Iowa didn't... It's hard to tell with all the rain that everyone got this weekend, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think overall stock stock seems to be improved. I don't yeah. I don't know if that's fair, but it seems subtly so. Yeah, even even considering the opponent, I'm right. I'm encouraged. I, I think Silas Red's an upgrade from Evan Royster. I think um, Brandon Beecham's an upgrade from Stephon Green. And I mean, who knows if we'll get Stephon Green back? I am concerned about the uh, the pass blocking by the uh, by the running backs. I, that's a problem. Silas Red, <laughs> yeah, for all for all of his talent, and I love the guy uh, for for how he carries himself and how he does on the field. But he's going to have to learn how to protect his quarterback because Alabama's going to be coming for him, uh, no matter who the quarterback is. They're going to be coming, so that's going to have to be tightened up severely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot to like. I think the receivers dropped a few passes that they shouldn't have dropped. Um, the run blocking was was good. You know, it should have been. The pass blocking is is, is troublesome, and it shouldn't have been. Um, it wasn't a problem last year. It, I, I don't know if that's just something schematically that they hopefully will improve on upon uh, having one weekend of live fire, so to speak. Um the, the speed of the game is going to go so much dramatically up from Indiana State to Alabama. And I know that's beyond stating the obvious, but they need to be ready for that. And that, that's not an SEC speed joke. That's just going from Indiana State to a top-five team. Right. But I can I can see good things happening for this team. It, it, it's not – the kicking situation is going to have to be straightened out. The uh, quarterback situation, maybe that doesn't have to be straightened out. Maybe that's just going to work itself out in the end. Maybe the right thing to do at this point is just throw your hands up and just ignore it <laughs> because it's just going to have to – whatever happen, happens is going to happen because they, they don't seem – unless one of them tragically goes off the rails against Alabama, 
you're not going to learn any more about these guys against Temple and Eastern Michigan, and then you're into the Big Ten schedule. So Yeah, and, and even then, I mean, one of them has to change. This isn't a matter of figuring out which one is better. Right. We one, already figured one, one out. Of them, one of them has to get better, or one of them has to get worse. And I don't right. know. <laughs> so it's possible. Yeah. Or we put McGruber in for the QB sneaks, yeah. which he did fantastically. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a team McGruber. I like I like it. I loved his enthusiasm. He couldn't believe he scored after he scored. And I was excited <laughs> to see that. Make this happen, Jay Paterno. <laughs> Make it happen. The the, the the amateur blog mob demands it. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see how it goes. It it's it's interesting. I would not rule out a Penn State upset. I I, I sure. think I think they'll cover and I think it's gonna be low scoring. Something in the uh uh seventeen fourteen range. But We'll see. Don't don't count out the home team. I know Mr. Negativity is saying this, but don't count out the home team. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's see how it goes. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right. <laughs>